started a rocket like we're never gonna see it again. We are exploding, the world is gonna know it. We're rocket like you're never gonna see us again. Pure Gold is live and on the air for this Wednesday night, September 26, 2012. Welcome to another action-packed show that covers everything and anything that tells it like it is. My name is Joe B., along with my tag team partner, seated across from me, David G. Sir, how are you? Doing fabulous, sir. Excited, as always, to get another episode of Pure Gold underway. Folks, make sure to check us out, puregoldpg.com, where, of course, you can find our Facebook our Twitter accounts, and all that other goodness. If you'd like to be a part of this show, you can call 714-364-4721. Joe, I am excited because there's a lot of things going on in the world of PG, some of which we cannot discuss, but exciting nonetheless. Yes, sir. I won't include that on the rundown then. So tonight on the program, Fox reporter for the NCAA football what, Northeast, Southeast? Southeast. Yes. Kristen Ledlow joins us tonight on the program. Week three of the NFL is in the books, and we'll talk about some of the highlight games, the marquee games. We'll talk about the local teams and, unfortunately, overshadowed all by the rough debacle this past Monday night. We'll get into some baseball. As the baseball season is less than a week away, regular season, the playoffs are ready to start soon. We'll talk about a little bit about the Mets if we have time. We'll talk about a little bit about wrestling. And I know that DG wants to talk about some about some Superman spoof. And finally, of course, our third installment of They Stink. Sir, let's get the show on the road. Has it only been three installments, sir? Well, yeah, because the first one, the Mets, last week was WWE's uh, pay-per-view knife champions. Okay. So, oh, you're right, you're right, because of that whole uh, that little debacle that they had with... Uh, <laughs> that whole debacle with the main event and not ending it, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, yeah, you're right. So, so far, it's Mets 1, WWE 1. Who will it be this week? I I can't tell you who yet, but I know that there's going to be a three-way tie going on, sir. Yes, sir. So, let's get right into it. The main topic is the NFL. Wait, we're going to talk about the NFL? Are you sure about that? I am. Week 3 is in the books. Well, uh, you know, before we talk about the NFL, uh, I think that I think that there's some other stuff that we need to address. So I know that there's oh. this whole this thing going on with controversy. Controversy creates cash, et cetera, et cetera. But we'll, we'll worry about that in a second. Folks, uh, we're joined right now as we start out the show by the lovely and the talented Alex, the producer. Uh, Alex, how are you doing this evening? Hi, guys. I'm doing very good. How are you? We're doing awesome. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Now, folks, uh, we haven't mentioned Alex on the air yet, but, you know, Alex is a friend, you know, someone that I've spoken to quite a bit, and, uh, you know, we're hoping to make her a part of the, the Pure Gold family, as it were. So, Alex, tell the folks at home a little bit about yourself so you can uh, make yourself their, their quick friend. I am a TV producer. I produce a few TV shows that uh, some of you are familiar with. I do TV commercials, documentaries, I do public relations, and uh, I've done a few radio shows. And uh, I just love to be part of your family and hopefully be with you in some of your future shows and help you out. I just uh, love that I met with you through Twitter. Yes, and, yes, that's uh, true. And it's just a very cool, fun story. I uh, I just can't believe it. I still can't believe it, but I, it, it's true. And, that makes uh, two of us. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> and I'm honored to be here today. So thank you for having me. Thank you me. so much. Hey, Alex, this is Joe B. I know you're going to be contributing to the show from time to time. So um, what topic did you want to uh, discuss about tonight? Or is tonight just an intro? I uh, Surprise me. <laughs> oh, you want me to surprise you? Oh, I am actually, it's a very funny story because I was talking to, I was talking to Joe, well, I talked to you over via Twitter this week and uh, talking to David, and I told him that one of the funny things is I will make sure not to cover politics uh, over the radio show because I know politics was one of the things I was producing in the last few months, so I'll try not to touch on those. I know that I told him that anything you want me to talk about sports, I would love to help you with. You just need to guide me through Anything that you want to talk about sports, uh, depending on the teams, because I'll probably be the funny one when it comes to sports, because <laughs> I know the least. And uh, anything that it has to do with uh, with what uh, guys and girls want to talk about sports, and nutrition and the different things that people want to know from a girl's point of view, because I know it's the two of you, and uh, I don't want to disturb what the topics that you two know the best about. So I'll just see the uh, the girl's point of view or the funny point of view. Well, the funny point of view would pretty much be anything that either one of us says because we love to inject comedy here, but definitely a female perspective. It's always needed because on this show, although we do have a lot of female guests such as tonight and probably for the next three or four weeks, but the truth is that when it comes to, uh, you know, quote-unquote pure gold, it's, it's basically it's always been Joseph and myself, so we're the ones who, you know, bring it from a guy's perspective, and when we have female guests, it's for that reason alone. Now, I know you and I had talked about, um, you know, getting you on on a regular basis for, for some time with, uh, you know, a minute with Alex, or, you know, we have yet to come up with a name for it, so uh, I know that there's a lot of uh, exciting things. Now, you did tell me off the air that there was a, there was a company that you wanted to mention, so, uh, you know, if you want to do that now, then please uh, feel free. Oh, yeah, I wanted to, well, one of the groups that I work with is Transmedia Group, and they are one of my friends. I do a lot of PR work with them. They're a public relations agency. Uh, they're down in Florida, and I do a lot of work with them. I know they do a lot of things with sports, and they work with different celebrities. So I know they'll also be contributors of the subjects that we bring, especially when it comes to sports and the different events that they, I attend for them. Uh, I know we also talked, you and I talked about uh, charity events because they sponsor and they uh, organize a lot of charity events where sports celebrities come um, and attend and are part of. So that will also be something great to bring about when when you bring me in and I can talk to you about it. And uh, it's, it's all almost like a lighter side to just talking about the, the craziness of sport events, uh, which I know is it's always such a craze and, and just getting into the competitive side of things, but also that they're humans and that, and that they also help a lot of people, you know? Yeah, well. Well, speaking of helping a lot of people, before we even – uh, get this relationship on the air underway. I mean, let's just make sure that you plug how do people reach you, how do people contact you, and, uh, you know, this is a two-way street here. We want to have fun, but also make sure that, you know, you have your information out there as well. Absolutely. Oh, thank you. I Well, one of the things, uh, and this is the way uh, David found me, and, I, and again, I, I'd like to rewind and try to remember how this all happened. With uh, He found me via Twitter, uh, yes. Alex. 
the producer, and it all started because he wanted uh, some help in in how to make this all more real and more of um, a reality to bring it a, a real radio show, which is uh, I know it's your dream, Dave and Joe. Yes, absolutely. And yep. that's uh, hopefully that's what we're going to bring it about and bring the, the real sponsors and the real and the real celebrities. So I'm going to do that. And then, again, it's, I know that we did at Alex, the producer. You can find me there. You can follow me there. And we'll start that way. And I and I would love to have some input from your own listeners on what they want to hear or questions that they have and let them decide on, on what it is that they want to know. Let them be the ones that help us. And hopefully, like I said, I'll bring some of the people that I know um, and surprise them with the people that will bring into your show and have some really cool people as guests to come with me, and we'll have a lot of fun with that, I think. Definitely, and we're really looking forward to it, Alex. We thank you so much for joining us. Um, you know, once again, you can follow her on Twitter. Alex, the producer, is her name. Um, of course, I always look forward to working with you. Thanks for giving us a few minutes. And, of course, uh, I know that we will speak off the air very soon um, about you know, you. when to get all this started, hopefully next week. But, you know, I know you're a busy woman with your schedule, you know, blowing up cars and doing all kinds of crazy things on the side. Okay. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you for having me. Uh, looking forward to hearing your great show today. And uh, I'll talk to you very soon, guys. Thank you so much, Alex. Have a wonderful evening. You too. Bye. Take care. Folks, the one and only Alex, the producer, once again, you can follow her there. Alex has quite a few followers, and she follows uh, almost as many. So, you know, she's up there. And those those types of numbers that I I hope I aspire to be one day in terms of the the following, sir. But, uh, you know, again, this is going to be an awesome relationship, and hopefully we'll get started next week, sir. Uh, Alex mentioned something about, you know, the real sponsors, et cetera, et cetera. And I know that that, tomorrow we have a little uh, PG business meeting, and, of course, we're hoping and praying that that goes well, sir. But let's shift gears now and let's talk about the NFL, sir. Yes, sir. That was a pleasant surprise, and I don't mind pleasant surprises. Thank you, Alex, for joining us. And as I was saying before, week three is in the books, and it seems like... In the league where they play, Fafe. <laughs> it seems like, uh, to be honest with you, sir, it seems like the Giants and Panthers game was months ago, like I was telling you off the air before we started. This game I was totally, completely off on. I, I think everybody was. I don't think anybody predicted this, sir. I know, but I'll be honest. I'm, I want to be honest first, and then you can be honest second. Um, I really thought that the Giants being, uh, you know, injury-ridden, and playing on a short week, going to Carolina, I really thought this was going to be a tough spot for them, uh, especially coming off of a high win against the Panthers. I thought that this was a, a perfect letdown, if you will, and I thought that the Panthers were going to not whip the Giants 24. I think I had picked like 24-21, but I had no idea that Eli Manning would take his Giants down to Carolina and put a whipping on them, 36-7. to um, I completely astonished, uh, sir. It's a great win for the Giants. They get plenty of rest for Sunday night, but give me your take on the Panther game. Well, sir, as I mentioned, um, you know, the truth is I don't think anybody in the world, I know Craig Carton tried to claim that he did, and I, I don't listen to the show enough to know if that's accurate or not. He mentioned that double digits. I don't think there's a person on the planet, Eli Manning, Peyton Manning, anyone at all, 
who thought the Giants were going to destroy and obliterate and annihilate and any other adjective you can think of with the Carolina Panthers. They're 36-7. Wow. I said the Giants would score 35, so I was close. Yep. But I said the Panthers would probably score about, oh, 27-28. So I was not close. Um, I mean, it was exciting to see. And the things that the Giants dominated from the onset, from, you know, scoring that first touchdown and going all the way down. It was great to see Eli was on his game. Of course, uh, Andre Brown was amazing. And uh, thankfully, I was able to pick up Andre for this week in, uh, in fantasy football, which is a good thing because I believe that with the Mount Blaster coming back soon or off injury, right. he's still going to get a lot of touches because he has looked awesome. So um, he's been a pleasant surprise, like you said, the injury riddle Giants, et cetera, et cetera. And more players keep going down. But, you know, they keep winning. They're 2-1. They could easily be 3-0, and which, of course, would be amazing. Um but I'm excited about the the way that the Giants played. They look good. But sir, this is just a, a side note. Maybe you could. I, I want you to chime in on this. Um, explain to me how Andre Brown has 97 yards carried in the first quarter, the first half, and then he gets like 14 yards for the rest of the game, or uh, whatever it is, uh, 16 yards to end up with 113. You know, the Giants are the only team in the NFL over the past two years to not have at least two times where they have over 125 yards rushing. Explain that to me, sir. I mean, you can't explain it other than the fact that it was garbage time early for this game, and the game got away from the Panthers. I guess that, uh, you know, you didn't need to throw it down their throats as you will, run it down their throats, and... Uh, Stats don't mean much, sir, when you start winning Super Bowl rings the way the Giants have been the last couple of years. So, uh, But I wanted, what I wanted to get to was the fact that it's time for your pure gold pick. Sunday night, Giants play at Philly. The trash talking has begun already with OCU Manura and the defensive backs or the defensive line of the Philadelphia Eagles. Give me your take on this one, and then I will. And then we'll talk about the other team that plays in New York. There's another team that plays in New York? Yeah, I think they're called the Jets. Oh, okay. Uh, I thought thought it was a different name. But anyway, um, you know, sir, funny story. I went to lunch today, and I went to this pizzeria in uh, Hackensack, Wise Guys Pizza, which they should be a sponsor because they're pretty good. Ever since I lost Easy Pizza, I haven't found a good place to get pizza in Hackensack or in that area. But anyway, so I'm sitting there watching SportsCenter, and these two guys, uh, four guys, you know, business types, are talking, and one of the guys says, I'll bet you 500 bucks the Giants are going to win this Sunday. And the guy goes, the other dude jumps out of his seat and says, I'll take it, and they shake hands. And I'm thinking to myself, are these guys nuts? $500? They didn't know the line. They didn't know anything. And then, you know, they're looking, and they're like, oh, wait, uh, the Eagles are favored by three points because they're home, et cetera, et cetera. Eventually, the, the bet went down to 100, which I thought was interesting. But uh, the guy who placed his money should have kept 500 because I believe the Giants will win, and I believe they will win handily. I I don't want to predict a, a thrashing or anything like that. We're not sure the whole status on Vic and if he's going to play or not. Um, the only chance that the Eagles have is if the, if Eli Manning doesn't, you know, decides to take a week off. Um, because honestly, the way that he's been playing, the way that Brown has played, even the, the receivers that they have, you know, the crew's still doing well. I think the Giants will win. You know, I don't know about big, but I think this is going to end up being like I'd say, uh, you know, twenty-eight, seventeen type of game. You know, thirty-one. 20, you know, something in that range, and I think it'll be a good game, but the Giants will win. Again, the only way the Eagles have a chance, I believe, is if uh, Eli is not on the field, and if everyone is injured and it's Eli against them by himself, because the Eagles are in a bit of a, you know, flux, as it were. So I don't think there's a, there's much of a shot there, unless they get fired up because they're playing the New York Giants. Uh, I think this is going to be an easy, easy Giants win. Well, I think you said it all, but uh, what it comes down to is it's the Giants' defensive line against that um, Swiss cheese of a Philly offensive line, Vic took a pounding. He took one vicious hit to end the half last week against Arizona, and um, 
I think that's going to be more of the same if he does play uh, this Sunday night against the Giants. I think the Giants are going to run the ball all over the Eagles, and I think that they're going to be able to hit Vic often and early, and I think that the Giants come away with another win, going to 3-1, and one, which is very impressive. And um, I'll give you a score of, like, 24-10. to 10. I just think that the Giants are now catching momentum. They're... Um, which makes them dangerous. That makes them very dangerous. Uh, although the way the Giants won the last two Super Bowls in their franchise history was that they, um, you know, played decent and then they uh, had to play really good just to get into the playoffs. So if they start playing really good and end up with a 14-2 record, sir, I'd be worried if I was a Giants fan. <laughs> Talking about the other team, the Jets versus the Dolphins. Do we have to? We have to. Let's face it, folks. It was a, a, a scare from, from start to finish. And you add on top of that that Darrell Rivas is lost for the year. They're quite arguably the best player on the team, and now they have no Rivas. I don't even think it's arguable, sir. He is the best player on the team. It's not even close. Yeah, he probably is. I mean, but the fact that he lost uh, is lost for the year is not um, – I mean, it's, I'm concerned, but I'm more annoyed and more pissed off about the fact that the Jets go down to Miami, play against a rookie quarterback in Tannehill, and just basically hang on for the victory. If it wasn't for two missed field goals and a field goal by the coach to call a timeout, the head coach of the Miami Dolphins, he's a rookie too, so I don't know his name, but calls a timeout, Jets missed the field goal, but uh, lo and behold, the Jets, you know, Miami called a timeout, Jets kick another field goal, win the game in overtime, Mark Sanchez sucked, the running game sucked, um, there was there was nothing that I liked about this game uh, that gave me hope. And and you know what's funnier than that, sir, is the fact that the Jets are two and one and then technically in first place because they uh, the the Patriots lost this week, the the Bills won, but they the Jets beat them head to head, and the Dolphins lost. So the the Jets are in first place, but it doesn't feel like a two and one team. And to, to barely beat a Dolphin team, that Joe Philbin, you're talking about, right? Yep, Joe Philbin. The, the the fact that they go into Miami and barely win the game does not leave you much uh, optimism for this week where they play my uh, wife's team, the San Francisco 49ers. And I think the San Francisco 49ers come off a tough week themselves playing the Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota and losing, playing basically a complacent game, sir. So I think that the you know Jim Harbaugh is going to have this team fired up. And um, I'm going to call it as it is again. Um, I called a win against the Buffalo Bills. I call a loss against the Steelers. I thought they beat the Miami Dolphins. And this week at home, I think that the, the 49ers' defense is going to be just too much right. for the Jets' offense. Sure. I think it's going to be one of those 24-7 to 7 games. I think the Jets barely score a touchdown, barely score a field goal. This, this 49ers team is going to be fired up. This team is going to the Super Bowl, if all healthy, in my opinion. So I give you my take for week three, week four, week in the NFL for the Jets 49ers. You know, what's interesting, sir, is that what that probably means is that the Jets are going to go out and blow out the Niners if you're picking against them. Um, sir, you I'm know, I agree. Well, yeah, but I'm saying, you know, you're picking them to get blown out. Oh, right. I, I think that uh, I can't disagree with anything you said. I, I like to. I love to disagree with you. But the truth of the matter is that when you look at this, the way the Jets have played, when you look what you said, when I when I was checking out Twitter and people were talking about you know things I can't even repeat, obscenities right. left and right from all the Jets fans that I found, I was thinking, are you kidding me? Why are the Jets not blowing this team out? And in the final score, like you said, I mean it's just pathetic. They had a pathetic game, a pathetic week. I'm hoping they'll, they'll come out and they'll be fired up and not be uh, you know complacent with uh, with losing again. Because that would definitely be a bad thing. So they're two and one, and you know people are saying they're the worst two and one team in the league. But you know it's early. Um, I know that Revis being out is, is huge, and of course the uh, the one of the weapons that 
Um, which th- this is what troubles me: the fact that the, one of the best cornerbacks in football is out and he's do- done for the year for the Jets, who's really their, their main weapon. And one of the big strengths, the only strength really in terms of offense, uh, would be the, the wide receivers for the 49ers. And you know, with uh, with their quarterback Smith needing those guys, all the help they can get, I think they they honestly may light up the Jets like a like a big fat cigar. And I think that your prediction was a twenty four to seven. Twenty four seven. I think it could be forty one to seven. I mean, I think this game could be a, a total utter embarrassment, which probably means that I'll be wrong and the Jets will win by twenty. You know, which I wouldn't mind because uh, unlike many Giants fans, I do not hate the Jets. So, sir, I think you have a good point there. Well, there you go, folks. Those are your local picks. Uh, we're both picking in the league where they play. We need to get that that quote. That's another clip we need to get of Mike, sir. Yeah, we'll try. But uh, DG goes with the um, the Giants, and I go with the Giants Sunday night, and then the Jets play Sunday afternoon against the 49ers. We both pick the 49ers. We'll see where we are with that. But, sir, uh, this week, believe it or not, was a week of just um, stunning upsets in my book. I mean, you had, like I said, you had the Niners losing to the Vikings. You had the Falcons going into San Diego and putting a whooping on the Chargers. You had the Cardinals going in and beating – well, actually, the Philly was beating uh, – Philly went into Arizona, and Arizona whipped them to go to 3-0. and But what you're starting to see, sir, is the fact that the NFC is just so strong with these teams. You've got the Giants, the Packers, even though they lost on Monday. We'll get to that. The, um, you have the Cardinals. You have the Falcons. And then, you know, on the AFC side, you only have, you know, maybe the Ravens and the Houston um, Texans. So uh, the NFC is going to be very hard to get out of this year, sir. It's it's much stronger conference it's uh it's much deeper and I uh, you know the Giants are right up there the Super Bowl champions but just definitely the tougher conference of the two. And what's crazy about that is that the Saints are 0 three and you expected them to be. I mean of course with uh, their coach missing you didn't know but they definitely have a lot of talent so you know you have that to look at also sir. Um yeah I know that you're steering the show so I guess I'll kind of kick it back to you to see where we go from here. You did mention the Packers and that game so uh, I don't know if you'd like to touch on that sir but uh, yeah. back to you. Yeah I, I think we wouldn't be doing our audience a favor if we were going to talk about the Monday night game that is the main event. You had the Seattle Seahawks hosting the Green Bay Packers, and let me tell you, I didn't watch most of this game. I watched the last five minutes, and that's that's the most important part, folks. If you watch the last five minutes of the game, you realize right there a couple things. You realize, one, these replacement referees absolutely suck, and that's a little teaser for later uh, on the Day Stink segment, but the referees suck. The Packers got hosed not once, not twice, but three times. But thrice. Thrice on a, a roughing the passer that was a non, non-roughing the passer, a pass interference on defensive, which should have been offensive pass interference on Seattle. And that last play, let's get right into it, sir. Let's face it. Seattle had one play left, threw the ball, hail Mary, as you will. The ball is basically intercepted by the Green Bay Packers, but somehow, some way, there's a little scrum on the field, on the floor, and the referees go. One referee's calling a timeout. The other referee. Well, he wasn't going a timeout. He was calling a no catch. He was. He was, throwing, he was. He was saying it was an incomplete pass because he was throwing his hands out. Okay. So you have that, and then you have the referee signal touchdown. And right then and there, sir, that that negates anything that's going to be reviewed up in the booth because they're looking to see. Um, they're not looking for an incomplete pass. They're looking if the person. I mean, they're actually looking if the person that completed the pass and completed the catch. You go up to review, and, and inexplicably, I can't say these words today. I'm so messed up. Inexplicably. Uh, right. I can't say the word, but anyway, inexplicably, right. uh, the, the, the call stands. And, sir, it's a travesty for football. It shows you that these referees are way in over their heads. 
What did, I know you didn't get to watch the play live like I did, but yeah, you read about it. You finally saw the play the next day. Well, well actually, when you told me about it, I eventually I got it. A bit. Well, sir, we can say this about the NFL. Please state. Um, <laughs> I actually did get out of bed, and that was my whole thing at night. But that's a side story. So I went to the living room. I turned it on, and immediately in Sports Center, there it was. I would say I know you you don't agree. It's the worst call I've ever seen. Um, it was unbelievable. The fact that Jennings caught the ball, sir. He caught the ball. He had it in both hands. Mike did say that he should have batted the ball away. That, of course, is that's true. But he had the ball in complete and utter possession. If that had been offense, that would have been a touchdown game-winning, you know, like the Giants have done. He catches the ball, brings it to his chest, has both balls in his hands, in his hands, and then the the uh, wide receiver for the uh, for the Seahawks puts his hand on him, basically, and it's called a touchdown. I don't even know how it's possible. There's no way in hell that that uh, the Seahawks had possession of the ball. It's the most ridiculous call that I have ever seen in my life, my God, and I cannot believe it. What a disgrace! The Packers got hosed. They got robbed. They got screwed like Bret Hart got screwed in Montreal. And what I can say that's interesting, sir, yes, is that the tweets yes. were pure gold or pure, you know, blank, blank, <laughs> whatever you want to say. I've never seen players just go nuts, dropping F-bombs left and right. TJ Lang, I'm looking at you. All these different players um, just saying how they got screwed, they got hosed, how, you know, the royally this, and, you know, they need they need new, the refs back, et cetera, et cetera, which, of course, we'll get into. But, sir, I couldn't believe it. I was stunned. I was shocked. And that's not even looking at all the other terrible calls that, that they made. Yep, so it was, it was just a call. This has to be, sir, this has to be the straw that breaks the camel's back. You have to think that these uh, these owners and these referees are going to make some sort of deal before Sunday. I know there's a game tomorrow night. That might be the referees uh, replacement referees' last game. But by Sunday, I, you would hope, because um, not only is it a an injustice to the the fans that are watching this garbage uh, these garbage calls, but you know the players uh, suffer the most too. I know that the owners um, seem like they don't care because it's we're only talking about three point three million dollars, sir. In a, in a league that's worth billions of dollars. And billions and billions. But, sir, didn't you, I mean, I don't know if you heard this or if you checked it out, but supposedly uh, SportsCenter is reporting, and last I checked, that uh, they did make a deal with the, the refs. Yeah, it's not confirmed yet, and until uh, we hear from the sports pope, then I will. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Francesca. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, wait, wait, was it 3-4 or 4-3? Four, three? Four, I three. mean, was it confirmed or not confirmed? It was confirmed. No, Sweeney, was it, Sweeney, was it confirmed? Right? Right, confirmed <laughs> or not confirmed? Yeah, perfect. So uh, the one thing that I'm very confused on, because you hear these different conflicting reports, why does everyone think that Commissioner Good- Goodell is uh, Goodell? Goodell? <laughs> why is he? Why is he the fall guy for this when it's the owners that really uh, decide uh, what happens financially with this league? I don't understand that. What people want Commissioner Goodell to do besides issue a statement saying, you know, these referees are not as uh, trained as like the but, sir, like, uh, you have these different radio hosts thinking that Commissioner Goodell should go out there and make this proclamation, and uh, he, they think he's hiding. But do you think uh, this oh, guy... Oh, uh, he's uh, <laughs> Do you think this he guy has to come out? Does this guy have to come out and, um, you know, basically make a speech and say, you know, we're wrong? I mean, what do you think about Commissioner Goodell? Um, honestly, I don't know what to think about it, because like you said... You know, you mentioned that the whole the good old thing. If he should do something, and then when you listen to Mike, Mike is saying like he said, Mike says one thing, and then the rest of the league. And Mike is the sports pope. Let's let's who are we kidding? And then when you have everybody else out there 
saying uh, some some goodness about the opposite that it's it's his fault. You know, he works for the, the the owners, and the owners are the problem, sir. I mean, from what I understand, it's about the the pension and the non-contributory pension that the that these guys have. So I'm not sure who can do what about who or what, sir. That's the problem. I don't think anybody knows. Nobody knows. And that was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. Yeah, that's to the referees of the NFL, the replacement referees. And you know, this is what Goodall needs to do, sir. This is what he needs to do guts. right now. Show some guts. Yeah, they have to do that too. So you're right, but you know they're in over their heads, and uh, the the owners have to come together and not basically give the NFL referees what they want because who knows what they actually want. But they got to give the fans, uh, at the very least, these referees something to uh, to hold their hat on because you know nobody is going to start thinking. I mean, you start thinking that the NFL's a, a sham. I mean, it's a joke. It's a total joke, and hopefully that these referees come back sooner than later because they definitely do need them. So, sir, week three is in the books, and, um, you know, a little teaser again. We'll be talking about they stink a little later, and I get the feeling it's going to be about the NFL. Let's take a quick break, sir, and we'll come back with Kristen Ledlow. Yes, sir. Hey, this is Ana Rodriguez with Texas USA 2011, and I want you to check out Pure Gold Radio at puregoldpg.com. You can listen in to their show every week with David and Joe. They are simply pure gold. This is actress Jen Lilly telling you to tune in to Pure Gold Radio. Pure Gold brings you amazing guests, awesome interviews, and great talk radio every week. Check them out at puregoldpg.com. Hey, this is recording artist Sahara Starr, and you're listening to Pure Gold. Be sure to check back every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to tune in to the best Internet talk show on the East Coast. Absolutely true. Well, it's actually the best Internet talk show in the world, uh, Sahara, but of course we, we thank you so much for that. And we may need to change the time on that, but of course we'll talk a little bit more about that next week. Right now we are being joined, and I'm going to be extremely technical here, wink, wink, Southeast field reporter for Fox Sports and Scout, the one and only Miss Kristen Ledlow. Kristen, how are you doing this evening? Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, guys, I'm glad to – well, I was about to say I'm glad to be here. I'm not really anywhere but my couch, but I'm glad to be on the phone with you guys. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for for joining us once again. Um, you sound pretty excited. That's always a good thing. <laughs> um, you know, we have a couple questions we'd like to get to, and let, let me start off with this, Kristen. You know, after the after the first month of the season, uh, even though USC lost to Stanford and, of course, they in Alabama, you know, are, would you consider them the teams to beat this year, Alabama and USC, even though they did lose to Stanford? I would no longer consider USC a team to beat this season when it comes to the national championship race. I think when it comes to uh, you still got Alabama out there, you still got LSU, obviously one of those teams will knock out the other. You still have Florida State in the running. You still have Oregon. I don't think that USC is going to be the team to beat anymore when it comes to at least a BCS ball, a BCS championship. Um, but obviously there's still a team to beat in the Pac-12, um, you know, you know, Oregon is going to come out there, and they're going to they're going to have to be a team to beat for Oregon. So, when it comes to the national championship race overall, I wouldn't say that Alabama and USC are the teams to beat anymore. Alabama certainly is, but it's not looking like anybody can do it yet. Wow, you know that, that, that's some good stuff there. Uh, let me ask you. Um, I know you just mentioned some teams uh, that, that you would say are good. Who do you think, at the end of the day, uh, you know, all the teams, the whole field set up? 
Who's going to contend for the uh, the national title this year? I, I know it's it's an early prediction, but uh, give us your pure gold exclusive. Oh, man, this is tough, you guys. And people ask me this all the time. Who do you think is going to play for the national championship? I do think that Alabama is going to compete again for a national title, which may or may not rule out LSU shot at competing for another one because, you know, if Oregon takes another loss um, when they face USC and then if Florida State is to lose at any point in this season, we could be looking at, you know, an LSU and Alabama rematch, which, of course, anybody outside of the SEC would just absolutely hate to see that again. Some of us that, you know, are inside the SEC are like, hey, bring it on. Um, but it's tough to say. I do think that Alabama will be competing regardless of who they're competing against because I don't think that I've seen anything as spectacular in college football this season as what it is that they are bringing to the field week after week after week. The argument there is obviously they haven't played anybody. Let's see it happen. Well, you could also argue that neither has LSU, neither has Oregon. And until this week, you know, Florida State beat Clemson, they hadn't played anybody either. So it'll be really interesting to see as we get into October. I think if you guys talk to me, maybe the middle of the, uh, you know, middle of October, 1st of November, I'll have a better answer for you guys. <laughs> hey, Kristen, are you in favor of a playoff system that's been talked about uh, here and there, um, using, you know, the Bulls as a tournament and then leading to a championship bowl? I'm absolutely in favor of it as long as it stays at that four-team playoff. I think okay. that once you uh, once you start flirting with, you know, an eight-team playoff or even, you know, once you start messing with anything further beyond that, I think that you're going to run the risk of making the regular season irrelevant. And you want people to still be watching the games on Saturdays. You want people to still be worried about whether or not their team takes even one loss. So you want to be ranked in the top four. I don't think that there's any reason. I don't think it's fair at all that, you know, one of the top eight teams in the nation has a shot at the national title. I think it should be one of the top four who have week after week after week consistently not only pulled down wins but proven that they can be one of the best teams in the country. And ultimately that's what you're looking for in a national champion, the best team in the nation. So as long as it stays with those top four, I think that we're looking at a really good thing. One and four have to compete, two and three have to compete, and then obviously you have the winners of those two games compete for the national championship. I think that that's probably the best way to go about finding the best team in the country at this point. Well, that's a great answer because you literally just took the next question out of Joe's mouth. So uh, moving on beyond that, um, <laughs> now would you say, Kristen, that uh, would you say it's the reemergence of Notre Dame or are they just a one-year wonder? It's Oh, man, you guys are, you guys are asking the hard-hitting stuff tonight because I hate to say <laughs> it's tough to say for every single question you give me. But honestly, at this point, it is a little tough to say because I don't think that anyone expected such a stunning 4-0 start. So uh, do I think that we're going to see them in a major BCS Bowl? Uh, per, yeah, perhaps. I don't think that we're going to see them compete uh, beyond that. Um, they'll make a major bowl, if not, you know, a BCS Bowl, but I certainly don't think they'll be competing for a national title or anything. Um, they will take a loss, if not two, this season, I feel. But I, like you guys, am pretty impressed with, uh, with the start that they've gotten off to. Uh, definitely. Now, another question uh, following up on Notre Dame. Now, would you say that the program has benefited at all from this whole uh, Penn State scandal? I don't know that, honestly, any program or any group of people out there has benefited from the Penn State scandal. Um, you know, obviously, when you think about what happened there, uh, it's tragic from from all sides. Um, and I don't think that anyone – 
of integrity at Notre Dame would say that, oh yeah, it was fantastic. You know, we you know we certainly benefited from that. Um, have they benefited maybe on the recruiting side potentially? Have you know they benefited maybe with just you know one extra win here or there? Maybe, but I don't think that it's enough to say that anyone in this nation benefited from what happened at Penn State. No. Now, Kristen, we're going to talk about a team that's uh, sort of near and dear to my heart because I went to Rutgers, but I didn't go to Rutgers, New Brunswick. I went to Rutgers, Newark, but um, nevertheless, it's still Rutgers. They're off to they're them that team too is off to a great start. Uh, you know, without Greg Schiano, is is that um, coincidence that you know they they've gotten this much better, or has their schedule been pretty easy so far? Well, um, you know, I I don't think honestly that any time that you look at a team that starts off undefeated throughout the first month of of the season, I don't think you can look at that as um, you know coincidence or by any means. But uh, you know, there are obviously a couple of tough games that are coming up on their schedule as well. So. Um, do I think they're going to finish the season undefeated? Absolutely not. But um, I think that they're going to compete this year like they like we haven't seen them compete before. Um, they've survived through you know the September schedule, which already was was somewhat difficult, and you know taken a couple of wins where a lot of people thought there should have been losses. And um, you know coming up, obviously they have a couple of home games that they're going to be lucky to have that are at home rather than away. Um, I think they're still going to take a couple of losses, but yes, this is an improved Rutgers team, and no, I don't think it's a coincidence. Hey, folks, we're joined here once again, just uh, reintroduce her by Kristen Ledlow, who is a Fox Sports reporter. reporter of course, uh, she is uh, focused, as she she told me off the air, because I wanted to make sure that I got it all right. Southeast field reporter for Fox Sports and Scout. That is a mouthful. Um, now, Kristen, uh, you know, Joe mentioned something about uh, about uh, Rutgers, and I have a quick NFL question for you simply because of that. Greg Schiano, of course, he's been in the news, been in Sports Center because of what, what they're calling cheap shots in the NFL. Um, what do you think about that whole, you know, what they did two weeks ago with Eli Manning and the Giants? You know, the, they go to end the game effectively and they're knocking over the quarterback. I mean, do you think that's Bush League being that it's in the NFL, or, or do you think it's all fair game? At this point, I hate to say it, but because this is the Wednesday after what happened on Monday in the NFL, honestly, I think that everything right now going on the league is Bush League for the national football. I mean, this is these are the best of the best when it comes to football players, and I don't right. feel like the league has given them the best of the best to work with anymore. And it's a shame to see – what's gone on with the situation with, you know, with the replacement refs, with, uh, you know, so much battle and fight back and forth between the players, the owners, with Roger Goodell. The whole thing seems like almost a mess right now that has to get resolved. And fortunately today, you know, they've taken some steps in the right direction. Um, they're working at the league and the uh, the regular officials have come to an agreement. Um, is everything, of course, not all the T's have been, you know, crossed and I's have not yet been dotted and it's not yet right. on ink and paper. But And until it is, you know, we never know. But hopefully as of next week, this time, we won't even have to have those kinds of discussions because the league will be back on the right track. And, of course, like I said, after Monday, it seems like kind of anything goes at this point in the NFL. And I'm glad to hear that we're at least uh, kind of heading in the opposite direction. Just to follow up on that question, Kristen, do you feel like the um, the referees at the college level are um, 
I don't want to, I guess I'll use the word, are they competent enough to, to officiate an NFL game? I know that they couldn't go to the NFL and officiate because this was only a temporary thing in theory, but do you think they would have been a better fit for the NFL as opposed to these replacement referees? I think that um, at this point anything probably would have been a better fit had it come from a higher level um, because these guys that – you know, you reach a certain level as a referee because you have a certain amount of experience, because you have a certain amount of training. So I absolutely think that some of these elite referees at the, you know, refing SEC football games every Saturday would absolutely have done a better job than the referees that they've gotten, a lot of them that only have high school experience underneath their belts. So I certainly think the college refs could have done a better job, but like you said, it's a temporary thing. So these guys aren't going to leave the jobs that they have every Saturday, you know, right. refing college football in right. order to uh, to try and, you know, benefit the NFL. But at this point you've got to believe that anything would have been better than what they ended up with these first four weeks. Well, considering you see these stories in the paper about how the some of these replacement refs were fired from the lingerie football, lingerie league, whatever the hell it's called, um, it, it kind of makes you wonder where they're finding a lot of these people. And, you know, honestly, I, I feel bad for them, you know, being in, in such a spot. But at the same time, hell, I'm not a referee, and I know that some of the calls, especially what happened this past Monday, which we were discussing before you came on the air, just – my one-year-old daughter could have made a better call, you know, than what was made there to end the game. But, you know, this is something that I find curious here, Kristen. I know you cover a lot of different teams, but do you have a favorite team? I mean, are, are you unbiased or are you as biased as they come? Well, one of the things that people have to remember about sports reporters, everyone always wants to complain and argue that, oh, he's such a homer or she's a homer or whatever. Guess what? We're all in sports because we're sports fans. And none of us were not only raised to be unbiased, but none of us were unbiased when we were in college. None of us are unbiased when it comes to a day that we're not covering a game. So I think if any reporter or anchor out there tells you they're completely unbiased, then they are completely lying because you get into this business because you're a sports fan, you know, because you're a football fan. You get into it because you love the game. And if you love the game, you got to be rooting for one side or the other. So, of course, my reporting, first and foremost, it's always important to maintain the integrity when it comes to journalism. All of that is completely unbiased. But am I rooting for a team here or there when it comes to Saturdays and even Sundays? Well, absolutely. Well, of course, but, I mean, do you have a favorite team? Like, uh, you know, for example, <laughs> I'm a Mets fan. Also with my baseball team, is I'm a Mets fan. With football, I'm a Giants fan. Is there a program that you root for above all others, or is that a secret that only you can know? No, that's not a secret that only I can know. I can I can tell you who I root for, uh, you know, all across the board. Um, when it comes to the NFL, I honestly can tell you that I am not a diehard fan of any team out there. And that's solely because I was raised in the South. We didn't grow up around any fantastic NFL franchises. And so I was raised a college football fan. I root for the guys that play for the teams that I love. I root for them to do great once they're professionals. Right, um, right. When I'm watching a game, yes, I'll be rooting for one side or the other, but typically it's just based on who it is that plays on either team. You know, if I knew him from college, from high school, you know, if I if I followed his career, that's typically the team that I'll root for. Um, I also, you know, base my liking around coaching staff and ownership as well, which is kind of funny, I'm sure. Uh, I like the Jets <laughs> a lot because I like Rex Ryan. I mean, who doesn't like watching that, you know? I mean, oh, it, it's funny because the I – train wreck you were talking about? <laughs> 
some may call it that. Um, but I choose the teams that I like and, and I'll root for based on, you know, factors that are outside of, obviously, I, w- I grew up a diehard NFL fan. Um, when it comes to <laughs> basketball, however, I can tell you uh, I am a diehard Orlando Magic fan slash Boston Celtics fan because my oh, dad my is a Celtics fan. So I grew up a Celtics fan. Yeah, my co-host is a huge Celtics (laughs) fan, by the way. Joe loves the Celtics. Oh, well, good to know. We'll have a lot more to talk about come NBA season then, huh? There you go. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, I'm a sports fan across the board. You know, I was excited out of my mind that the Braves clinched the playoff spot last night. I get excited for my NBA teams. I get excited. Obviously, a simple Google search would reveal that I'm from Tallahassee, so I get excited for the Seminoles to do well. Um, You know, my family's from Tuscaloosa. I get excited for Alabama to do well. But the further I get into the business, the more I get excited for the teams and the coaches that I cover, you know, for the guys that I love. And, and I don't anymore have those teams that it's like, oh, if he plays for, you know, whoever, then I'm not rooting for him ever. Now it turns into, okay, I've, I've followed this guy's career. I've got his number in my cell phone. You know, we've talked his entire recruitment. Now he's going to play college ball. I root for him. You know, and so it, it changes as you get further into the business. But, no, anyone in the business that tells you they're completely unbiased, that's a lie. You know, what's interesting is that we've had quite a few guests who have told us the exact opposite. One in particular who uh, I'm not a fan of personally now because of something that happened off the air. But, um, you know, he told us that, uh, you know, he's unbiased in this in this one specific aspect and you have to be unbiased, blah, 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 blah. Which, you know, uh, it's great to hear your answer because you're honest, of course. Now, Kristen, tell the fans where they can follow you. I know you have quite a few Twitter followers, which, of course, is how I found you. So tell the fans so they can keep in touch with you. Oh, yeah, cool. Um, It's just at Kristen Ludlow, K-R-I-S-T-E-N-L-E-D-L-O-W. Very easy to find. That is that is simple enough. Kristen, it was great to talk to you. So much energy and so much excitement. Thank you so much for joining us. And, of course, we would love to have you on at any point because we can talk Celtics. We can talk, you know, so many other different things as we get closer to, you know, the uh, playoffs, et cetera, et cetera, when it comes to football and, of course, when the NBA season starts. Thank you a million for coming on, Kristen. Absolutely. Get in touch with me whenever, guys. It was good talking to you. Same here. Take care. You too. Folks, that was the one and only Kristen Ledlow. We're about to go to a break. But so I got to say, it, it was, I mean, I love all our guests except for one or two in particular. But she was awesome because she was so enthusiastic. I mean, literally, she was just like out of the gate, ball of energy. You can tell she knows what she's talking about. So that, of course, is why we bring the great guests on this show. And speaking of great guests, here we go with a quick break. This is Alicia from WSU Wrestling, and you need to tune into Pure Gold every week, the best talk radio out there. So make sure you listen to me and other guests at puregoldpg.com. Hi, this is Heather Lynn, 32 Fantastic Manager Extraordinaire. Make sure and tune in every Wednesday to Pure Gold Radio Show and check out the archives at puregoldpg.com. And make sure you check mine out. You might learn a thing or two from some of the biggest brains in the business. You are listening to Pure Gold Radio. I am actress Laura Jean Salerno, and they are David and Joe, and they are bringing you all the upcoming inside exclusive information on everything sports and entertainment ever. 
special shout-out goes to Laura Jean Salerno, my former classmate, actually. We graduated high school together. Great guest, friend of the show. Tomorrow's her birthday, sir. She's turning the big, I can't say, because she probably would be upset as I mentioned that on the air. But, again, uh, special happy birthday shout-out goes to her. Uh, great fan of the program and friend of the program. And, uh, you know, hopefully uh, many more for her and many more appearances here on, on Pure Gold Radio. Yes, happy, healthy birthday. Uh, we all have to turn 21 sometimes, so happy birthday to you. Sir, we're wrapping up the show. It's Pure Gold. It's September 26th. Last show of uh, September, I believe, so we'll be joining you next week. Pretty sure. Pretty sure I'm checking my calendar here. Yeah. Let's get into a really quick talk about baseball as we wind down the season. It looks like we have some pennant races to talk about. You have the Chicago White Sox and the playing in a tight pennant race. They're actually playing each other uh, this week. Crickets are cricketing. Are we really talking about the Detroit Tigers on this program? Are you kidding me? The Yankees seem like they're going to wrap up the oh, AL East. They're going to wrap up the AL East. They have a two-game lead. I know Baltimore plays tonight. If they win, it'll be one and a half games with only seven games to play. So yeah, it's time to push the panic button. <laughs> if you're a Baltimore Orioles fan, because the Yankees are going to win the AL East, in my opinion. And then you have basically the National League pretty much set in terms of having every um, division winner. And you have to just wrap up one more wild card because Atlanta Braves have a such a big lead. Sir, as the base, baseball season winds down, any thoughts at all before we go on to your Superman fetish? Well, the only person who has a Superman fetish and a Batman fetish would be yourself. But no, I don't have any thoughts about this. Who cares? The match are done. They've been done all year. Uh, you know, and I have to throw this out there. I know they want to talk about the Mets, but i, I got to say this. I'm listening to Terry Collins. I think he's a good manager. Um, like the guy personally, you know, great friend of the show. <laughs> yeah, right. right. But I'm listening to him on Mike Francesa, and he's like, you know, we're competitive and this and that. Talking about the first half of the season. And, yeah, you know, a lot of people said we lose a lot of games. Uh, newsflash, Terry, you lost a ton of games. As a matter of fact, my prediction is almost spot on. Your team was terrible for the entire second half of the season and four or five wins in a row in the last week of September mean nothing and I mean absolutely nothing. I don't care that David Wright tied in Crane Pool for the franchise hits the lead in hits. Who cares? The Mets stink. You stink. As a matter of fact, you know what, Joe, just because we're going to talk about something else where they stink, I get the Mets. stink. You stink. Oh, and speaking of which, switching gears, you talked uh, about this uh, earlier. I said, hold on, no, 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 in baseball, Miguel Cabrera possibly triple crown. Any thoughts on that, sir? <laughs> yeah, I have some thoughts on that. that. Bang, 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 bang. If he hits a couple more of those, he'll be all right. I think I am rooting for the guy to hit the triple crown. Uh, I've never seen it in my lifetime. Have Have I? No. No, no. never have, right? So, yeah, why not? Miguel Cabrera, I did bring that up, so you're right. I hope he does it. The one thing I want to ask you as a Met fan or a so-called um, Met fan is the fact that Dickey is going for number 20 tomorrow. If he gets number 20, does he win the Cy Young? Um, I think he should win the Cy Young. Oh, by the way, no, sir, uh, you have not seen a, a triple crown unless you were somehow born in the late 1960s because Carl Yastrzemski was the last one to win the triple crown, so no, we've never seen that. Um, do I think that R.A. Dickey is going to win the Cy Young? Um, I hope so because, I mean, he still has amazing stats. 
you know, he still had a great year. And I know this is crazy to be greedy, but I'm a little pissed off that uh, and Terry said the guys will be playing extra hard for him, so I hope they do that. Hopefully, like, Davis will hit, like, nine home runs. Um, but when you look at R.A. Dickey's uh, stats, sir, you know, he's he's done a hell of a job. And, and I know it's crazy, but it pisses me off that he only has 20 wins and he has six losses. The guy should be, like, 22-3 and three or 22-4. and four. Last couple of losses have made me sick. The thing that really annoys me, sir, about the Mets as we wind up, uh, we wind the baseball talk really briefly, is the fact that this was a missed opportunity for all those minor leaguers that the Mets had between Duda, Neuenheis, and everyone in between, Josh Tolley. This was a year that the Mets were not going to spend any freaking money. They brought their minor leaguers to make, play Major League Baseball. They, did a, they had a hell of a first half of the season, and they absolutely sucked in the second half, which tells me, sir, as much as people think that this far system was strong, it was a sham because they brought them up. And what did these players do? They flopped in the second half. And you know what? Get rid of them all because it's time to clean house. And uh, if you're a Mets fan, you're going to be in for another two to three years of misery. Sir, you mentioned Dickey. Let me read a couple of stats here real quick. 19 and 6, he is one behind uh, Gio Gonzalez of Washington, who's 20 and 8. Um, 20 and 6 is a better record. He has a lower ERA by a, half, a quarter of a run, 2.66, so he leads the league in ERA right now. He, of course, uh, leads the league in, if I'm not mistaken, in complete games, which I don't see here. He's got, he's got 220 innings pitched, which is amazing. Um, you know, he has five complete games, three shutouts there. I mean, this guy, I, I don't care what anybody says, this guy, he, by far, he has the most complete games. Um, he's got the most shutouts in the NL. I mean, the guy has been amazing. He's got 1.04 whip, which is the lowest in the league. Whip. I mean, whip. Oh, baby. He's been great. He's got 209 strikeouts and 220 innings pitched, only 177 hits. Damn it, Joe. If he doesn't win, sir, he's given up as many home runs. He's 21 home runs he's given up, and he's going to have 20 wins. Oh, baby. I am a big dicky fan. If he doesn't win, Major League Baseball can stick it. All right, sir. We're pressed for time. Let's uh, introduce the next subject. Hold on a second. <laughs> Go ahead. It's, it's been uh, two weeks. I apologize for not getting to it last week. Give us your take on the Superman comic. Uh, I, 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 I mentioned, mentioned this last week. It's going to be real brief. I just thought this was a funny note. Uh, a couple weeks ago, last week, I was looking at this thing. It's on a website called superdickery.com. Uh, again, apologize for the language, but there's no other way to put it. There, there's three, there's ten covers that it shows you ridiculous things that happen in like the 30s, 40s, 50s, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. Et cetera. Yes. There's one here from Superman's girlfriend, Lois Lane. Yes, folks, this was actually a comic. There's a picture of a judge. They're in a courtroom. Superman is pointing at a picture of himself, kissing Lana Lang. Lois is on the witness stand. Batman is the defensive legal counsel, which I have no idea how that happens. <laughs> he says, admit it, Lois, you were always jealous of Lana Lang because she was my childhood sweetheart when I was Superboy, so you murdered her. And the classic, to top it off, sir, is... And it says here what is quite possibly the greatest Batman quote ever, and I agree. He says, and I quote, I'm the world's greatest detective, yet I can't find any evidence to save Lois from the death house. Gotta love it. That is some great stuff there. On to number two from Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen, featuring the son of Superman, a great picture of Superman using his heat vision to burn a robe with the Superman insignia. It says, Jimmy, this gift you got me for Father's Day makes me sorry I ever adopted you as my son. I have to destroy it to teach you a lesson. And Jimmy was just disgusted. And he says, but Superman, I mean, Dad, what did I do wrong? 
clue comes up with this stuff. It, it makes me sorry that I ever adopted you, and he's destroying it with his heat vision. It's unbelievable. And what is quite possibly my favorite one Your favorite. from Adventure Comics, right. Superman is counting money yes. with what looks like some type of interdimensional hooker, right. and there's a picture of a father who looks like he's in a Shakespearean play pointing at his child who's hanging from a building, and he says, Superboy, please, I've paid you what you wanted. Now save my child from that ledge before she falls. And Superboy, a.k.a. Superman, says, Relax, Pops, I'll do it after we count this beautiful cash. Unbelievable. And apparently Superman rather pimp out his hose than save a kid from a falling building. So I'm glad I got to that. I had to mention that, sir, before we close out the show. <laughs> that was good, sir, because all I have to say about that is... <laughs> incompetent 
and he's trying to make fun of the NFL. The WWE referees, just like the NFL, has been a sham the last couple of weeks. So with that, sir, we lead you to the third installment of... Maybe not. They stink! <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, the third installment of They Stink. Folks, let's face it. You can pick the Mets. You can pick WV every other week. This week, I think the They Stink goes to the NFL for waiting so long to get the negotiations underway. You had a debacle. The final straw that brought the camels back was this past Monday night when the Green Bay Packers were robbed of a victory. It was clearly obvious that Jennings had the interception. Referee screwed up from not only from the booth all the way down to the field, but the way that they're saying that the the play on the field was correct, sir, they absolutely stink. Is is this the part where you play the soundbite? I mean, is no, this really is the part more? where you give your part, and then I play the soundbite. I totally agree with you. I think it's a disgrace. I think it was a sham. I honestly have nothing to add to this segment. Um, there's there's nothing else there. They're they're awful. They're a disgrace. I mean. The NFL, hopefully they do get it done. It's official, and they'll be there either Sunday or next week, sir. We have perfectly hit the Yes, we've hit the 7 o'clock straight up, sir. What's on tap next week? Folks, next week we have the honor, we have the privilege, we have the absolute joy and the pleasure of being joined by Sadie Alexandru, who is actually an actress, friend of Laura Jean Salerno, whose birthday it is tomorrow. Once again, Laura Jean, happy birthday. But Sadie is going to be joining us. Uh, she's an actress on Mad Men, the, uh, the you know the hit show. So that's going to be interesting to talk to her about that. Another uh, Rutgers alum, if I'm not mistaken. So that should be some goodness there, sir. The following week we'll be joined by Blanca Reyes, who is the lead singer singer for Group One Crew, which is an awesome uh, you know Christian band, uh, Christian group, hip hop as it were. One of my favorites. So excited to have her on. And of course, we're always looking for new guests, and we're always uh, that stuff is in the works. And of course, folks, you make sure you check us out at Pure Gold. PG.com. Now, for JB, this, of course, is DG to end this show. Thank you so much to Kristen Ledlow for joining us. She was wonderful. Thanks so much to Alex, the producer, who was amazing. I'd love to have her on the show hopefully next week with A Minute with Alex. Uh, folks, make sure you check us out next week, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Once again, for JB, this is DG reminding you to always keep it PG. What's the name of your show? Uh, pure gold. Pure gold. Yes, sir. I got two words for you. Pure <laughs> gold. Good night, everyone. <laughs>